Welcome to What the If. Philip Shane here, documentary filmmaker, and very excited about today's show because the idea for it comes from close at hand within the WTIF organization. Comes from a young fella named Professor Matthew Stanley. He's young, but he's a professor. He's one of the youngest professors. We should have him on the show sometime. We should. <laughs> oh, he is. <laughs> oh, that's convenient. Yes. Uh, first of all, so you're at New York University, and let's give a shout out. We we did a wonderful live show the other night mm -hmm. at uh, what was it called? The Philosophers Forum. The Philosophy Forum. Yeah, sort of. It's the undergraduate. Uh, student club for philosophy majors. So we had a really engaged group of uh, young people hanging out, eating Indian food and talking about parallel universes. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And uh, if any of you guys are listening, send us an email. In fact, whoever you are, if you're listening, send us an email. Feedback at whattheif.com uh, if you're enjoying the show. But uh, welcome to any new new members we may have gotten from that program. I, mean, I bet we're going to have some interesting philosophical ideas. In fact, uh, what was interesting, what was uh, educational for me was thinking about, I don't know a lot about philosophy. Maybe we'll do another show where we talk about what exactly is philosophy versus, say, physics or science or things like that. All right. Very interesting. It was super fun. Uh, this week, however, physics, geophysics, uh, not really astrophysics, physics in space, Although, that's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get away from physics. It that's is. Right. And that's space. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm going to leave it to you. Here we go. What the if? The world was much smaller. 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 And not like in a metaphorical sense of, you know, we can talk to people in Mongolia by the internet. Um, I mean, there's actually less rock to stand on. So um, our planet's pretty big, right? By the standards of, you know, New Yorkers, right? Yeah. I mean, we're used to everything being within a 45-minute subway ride. Um, so the if Earth, you're in Brooklyn, um, maybe an hour and a half, depending on whether it's yeah, the weekend. Yeah, right, you're in Outerboro. Um, but even that is pretty small compared to the, the whole planet. Yeah. Um, so the Earth is uh, about... 4,000 miles across, um, or rather the, the radius is about um, 4,000 miles. Uh, so it's about 8,000 miles from pole to pole. Um, if, if you go straight through the Earth. If you go straight through the Earth, yeah. If you're right. a really vigorous digger, right. it's about <laughs> 8,000 miles. Um, and about 25,000 miles around. So in uh, circumference, for those of you who remember your, your high school geometry. Right. Um, so that's a pretty good size, right? It would be, it's it's a lot of work to say walk around that distance. Um, and that size has some important consequences like it keeps you from flying off in space. Indeed. And let me give it just, just a little bit of scale, uh, yeah. just for reference for people. Um, it's funny because when you go on tourist, uh, when you go visit tourist attractions, uh, there is an obsession, and I've noticed this around the world. I haven't been in every country in the world by, by any means, but I've been in different countries, and they all have this obsession with telling you things like, when you visit the Eiffel Tower, they will tell you how many bolts there are <coughs> in oh, the yeah. Eiffel Tower, which is honestly the most useless statistic I can think of, because... 
Well, it depends if you're short on bolts, right? If I need <laughs> 37,000 bolts, yeah. where am I going to get them? Can I get them just from disassembling the Eiffel Tower or do I need to find another source? That's excellent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or you hear things like um, the distance to the moon. It's like, oh, you could go to the moon 10 times if you took mm -hmm. all the fiber optic cable. I mean, it's like it's 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 a. Uh, it's big, but you have no way to actually grasp it. So, so I find it useful to look at things that you're sort of a little bit more familiar with than you can imagine. So, for instance, mm -hmm. um, for New Yorkers, if if you've or if you've been to New York, this is a smaller audience that this is useful to. But uh, I like to think the Empire State Building is about. It's very. This is very rough, but you can think of the Empire State Building or any of the world's tallest buildings, mm -hmm. around a thousand feet. Um, the highest one now, I think, is you know uh, maybe a hundred yeah, or but so. But that, that order of magnitude, thousand feet, say. and how many meters would that be? That would be around uh, three hundred thirty. Three hundred and change. Yeah. Yeah, three hundred meters. Um, Manhattan Island is uh, twelve miles long. Mm -hmm. The United States is three thousand miles. The 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 main the forty eight what we call the lower forty eight main body of the United States about three thousand miles across. Yeah. And that's pretty good. If you think of a map, you can see that. That's that, pretty big, right? That's 3,000 miles, and that would be... Um, so that's something like an eighth of the way around the Earth. Right. It's about 1,800 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. And that's an eighth of the way around the Earth. Yeah, more or less. Okay. Interestingly. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so it took, let's see here, when I was a youth and foolish, I drove across the country uh, by myself. In yeah. a car just for the adventure of it. Yeah. Um, and it took me about 10 days with stopping, you know, to see the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota type things. Yeah. Um, so that means it would have taken me about 80 days to drive around the earth if somebody had built a, a highway for me. You know, that's interesting um, because there is a movie. There is a, a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Around the world in 80 days and they go in a hot air balloon. Yeah. Really bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, steering is not really an option for the hot air balloon. Um, but that's um, so, yeah, say three months of driving would get you three months of driving straight on really well-maintained roads um, would get you around the earth. Um, of course, you'd never actually get straight line um, with really well-maintained roads. Right. So probably plan for a couple of years if you wanted to do that. That's interesting. It's, it, I never thought about that. It's about three months driving. Um, and flying, it's, can you, there is now, I believe, around the world. I mean, there certainly have been. Yeah, I mean, the military has had bombers that can go all the way around the world um, right. uh, for many years. Um, commercial aircraft, I'm not sure. I mean, they regularly make the Trans-Pacific trans flight, right. um, which is 20-some hours. Well, if the Earth is 25,000 miles around, yeah. and again, I apologize to our metric fans for defaulting to miles, but there we are, um, 25,000 miles around, and commercial planes fly around 500 miles an hour. They can, okay. they can go faster for sure, but if you 500 miles an hour on a conservative speed limit, that would take you 50 hours. Okay. Yeah. If you went straight so, around, and we're talking about the equator, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. So an important thing to, to note here is the Earth is not actually a perfect sphere, right? It bulges out at right. the equator a little bit. Yeah. So if you're really if you really want to do this as fast as you can, you should go pole to pole. 
um, and you'll save a tiny amount of time. Right. And you'll see Santa Claus. So um, hopefully, yes, that's right. And perhaps some some penguins um, yeah. on the southern. Pole. That's right. That's right. Um, so so let's hear. So that's um, that's a big ball of rock that we live on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're used to, I don't know, living on a big ball of rock has certain benefits. Okay. Um, one of those benefits is that uh, it has gravity. Yes. Right. It holds us on. Right. Um, and the the pull of gravity is determined by how much of that rock there is. Okay. Mm, it's very, mm -hmm. very straightforward. Right. Um, the more stuff there is pulling on us, the right. heavier, the, the more intensely we feel the gravity. More rock. <laughs> we can always use more rock. Um, yeah, so that's right. So if you felt, for instance, that you were unhappy with the gravitational pull we had, yeah. um, you could import some rock from, I don't <gasps> know where, another planet, right? Uh -huh. And try to increase the amount of rock on the Earth and therefore increase the pull of gravity. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think people don't think about um, that. If you, right, if you... Okay. Right. There, yeah. Is, yeah. there is a slight problem, however. Yes. Um, well, I guess there's a couple of problems. Um, one is that there's already a lot of rock here. So if you really want to increase the amount of mass on the Earth, right. uh, you've got to bring in a lot of stuff, like another planet's worth of stuff. Um, and that is hard to come by, right? Even, you know, even if rock is cheap, a whole planet's worth um, will get expensive fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a second problem, which is that um, the other thing that determines how intensely gravity pulls on you um, is how far away you are from that object. Oh, OK. Right. Okay. Um, so perversely, uh, the bigger Earth gets in terms of size, not necessarily mass, the further away you are from most of that mass. Yeah, just by being right. on the surface. Yeah. Right. Because there's rocks in Australia that pull on you gravitationally uh -huh. right now. Uh -huh. But because Australia is far away, um, that's not a very intense pull. So if you scaled up the size of the Earth, but not its mass. All right. So what the if Earth were teeny, teeny, teeny tiny? How tiny would you like to go? Teeny tiny. Um, well, See, it can't be so small that you could like put it in your pocket because then you're not really standing on it anymore, right? So it's got to be big enough that you're definitely standing on it and it's not standing on you. <laughs> um, so, so I'm thinking like small asteroid size, maybe 100 feet across. Okay. All right. Doable. 100 feet um, across. Yeah. So I think another good standard would be. Um, Somebody should be able to stand on the other side and you can't see them. Okay. That seems reasonable. Right. Yeah. We can do this. this um, so I, I love that we're jumping to this extreme. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's uh, for those who have seen the movie, The Little Prince. Or read the book. Yeah. Or read the book. And mm -hmm. it has a French title. Is that correct? Uh, Le Petit Prince. Yeah. It's, it's oh. a, a French, a French book originally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, charming, charming little story. Um, so it's kind of like that. He, this little boy lives on an asteroid. But we're going, we're not going that small. We're not going so petite. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, because some of the the ones the the little prince visits are like 
six feet across. Right. So you can see the person on the other side. Um, and that seems, I don't know, just too, too intimate for me. Right. We want to be able to have a little bit of personal privacy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, yeah, the privacy. Why is that planet that size? Well, obviously that's the minimum you can. The minimum, the minimum privacy. privacy size. It's not obvious. Uh, so, um, so what say ye? Right. So, so one of the things that's going to probably the most important thing is I said, the, the gravitational pull we feel on the surface of the earth, um, is a factor of how much stuff there is, how much rock there is pulling on us gravitationally. Right. So if we're down to a hundred foot across planet, that isn't much rock anymore. Right. Mm. Right. So the pull on us is going to be very, very small. Right. Right. So one of the reasons, actually, another reason I picked a uh, hundred feet or so is that that's about the size that will keep you um, on the surface if you're just sitting there. Oh, OK. OK. Right. Interestingly, yeah. um, you would you would f feel super light, right? So your weight would be um, a hundredth of what it is here on Earth normally. I'm I'm liking this more and more. Right. Yeah. Um, so for me, my my fighting weight these days is about 180 pounds. Um, so my weight on this, uh, this little rock is going to be about two pounds. Right? Ah. Um, let's see here. So what do you encounter in your life? That's about two pounds normally. Um, well, the, um, a laptop computer, well, a laptop computer, well, that'd be several pounds. Several I think. pounds. Yeah. Um, so lighter than that. Uh, I'd say, you know, a bottle of water, a big bottle okay. of water, All right. like a liter bottle of water is probably about two pounds. Okay. All right. So let's say two bottles of two, uh, two small bottles of Coke. That's probably what people would interact with. Or a two liter bottle. A uh, two liter bottle is a little bigger. That's pro again, probably four pounds. So okay. I'm thinking All right. if you think of the usual sort of um, 20 ounce, uh, yeah, 20 ounce bottle. So two of those, right? right. So imagine holding two of those in your hand. And feel that amount of force. So wow. everybody do that right now. You can pause the podcast yes. while you go get two bottles. Yes. Um, and hold those in your hands and feel that amount of force. That's now the amount of force holding you to the ground. Yeah. Although it's a right. weird thing because like to even to do that, because like we don't generally lift ourselves. So, so you have to imagine lifting your friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, who, who weighs around 180 pounds. Now that actually there now, wow, you really start to get a sense of it. So you, you're, you, or whatever, you got something that's 180 pounded ish. You try to lift that now. Okay. Now put it mm -hmm. down and pick up your two Coke bottles instead. And that's, that's the new planet. That's, that's new, planet. new yeah. rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, so that's not very much, right? So that, right. Say that's enough that. Um, if you're just sitting still, it'll keep you from floating off into space. Okay. Um, oh, okay. but that's a, that's a weight that you can easily overcome with your muscles. So if you're so inclined, you can just jump off the earth now and not fall back. Right. So you can achieve escape velocity with very little trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, uh, so if that's your goal is to get off this benighted planet, then you finally have the chance. Right. Yeah. You, can, you can get the heck out of here. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so whether that's good or bad is, is another question. Right. Um, right. But that's right. So you can, you can escape. 
if you want. Right. Um, so, uh, so like go for it. Right. So you no longer need to rely on NASA, uh, <laughs> to get you off the planet. You can just have a jump. NASA is now a sneaker company. Like instead of Nike, <laughs> it's NASA and all they do is, yeah, you can, you know, you got your air instead of air Jordan, you know, maybe it's, I don't know, air named after some astronaut air Gagarin. I would totally buy Air Gagarin's. You put on your Air Gagarin's and boom, you're out of here. (laughs) So, so already basketball games, the hoops. That's right. Basketball is a, um, let's see here, not very safe sport anymore. (laughs) Right. So at at the initial tip off, um, both players just go hurtling off into space. (laughs) As, and, and what about the ref who tossed the ball up? Does he, he well, sort so of he's falls. tossing the ball up, so he'll go down. He'll go down. He's so that actually works out okay right. for him. Right. So, yeah, the two, they jump, and they and the ball escape, and game over. <laughs> That's right. That's it. It's a very short game. Uh, well, so, that, but that right, does so say that, that, that actually what would happen is so they would start to, they would have to evolve new techniques. Well, that's right. So I think basketball, just as a jumping oriented game, yeah. is probably not a good choice anymore. Um, yeah. So or maybe we can. Yeah. So and I say even so. OK, so, right, so we say, all right, so so jumping is out, but maybe like um, football. Right. Ah. So that's just people running and doesn't involve a whole lot of jumping. Right. Um, or soccer. Let's do soccer, actually. That's, okay. that's good. Right. Um, the problem then is that even though you're not jumping, you can now run fast enough to achieve escape velocity. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get four or five steps in um, before you start drifting off into space. So the meaning of the, of the in soccer, of course, called football around most of the world, uh, the football pitch, the field, as we call it, takes on a new, it literally pitches you into space. Yeah. Um, so that's not going to be so good either. Um, so we now need a sport that encourages you to stay low to the ground <laughs> and go slow. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not sure what sport that is. Twister. Twister. <laughs> yeah, twister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Twister. Twister would still it would, it would even be a little bit harder, I think, because you'd mm-hmm. really have to avoid. Um, yeah, or or what I think like, what might evolve is that, uh, for instance, if we even go back to the basketball uh, game idea, it would become a much more all games would be much more subtle in a way. Yep, that's right. You would be encouraged not to have the most spectacular move, right? But the smoothest, least gravitationally upsetting move. Yeah, it's, it'd be like kabuki or. Ballet or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So your image, the the stereotypical basketball player will no longer be tall and gangly. Right. But they will be short and squat. Yeah. Um, and perhaps, I don't know, wearing sticky shoes to keep them in place. That's right. Yeah. Everything gets reversed. And um and uh in fact you'd want them to be lightweight too, like jockeys, because we're talking, one thing we haven't touched on here is that your weight is less. So you can now, your 180 friend, 180 pound friend, who is incredibly difficult to lift, Mm -hmm. if you're like me, on the, uh, on the earth, um, 
but you can oh they're only way it feels like they only weigh two pounds you can lift but well, they actually, have momentum yeah, that's, that's right so now maybe um instead of having sports where you throw balls around right you can have sports where you throw each other around that's, yes right so it's like i should say one of my daughters maya does competitive cheer um, oh. where they do hurl each other through the air to wow. do stunts and things like this. So it's very impressive. Um, but now you can do that with a football linebacker, right? You don't have to. So they like in competitive cheer nowadays, they recruit the smallest, most petite, petite people they can. Um, but there's no need for that on our tiny little planet. This is fascinating. Competitive cheer on many earths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but right. But, th- but what I was getting at there too was momentum is the same. So in other words, the super heavy linebacker who is now the cheerleader who wants to be at the top of the pyramid of cheerleaders, um, he still has the same amount of momentum. That's right. So he'll be easy to uh, easier to throw up into the air. Right. But once he gets going quickly, um, stopping him is still a challenge. Yeah. So you really he's uh, escape velocity. I'm not even sure how these equations work out, but it seems like momentum becomes much more important in your calculations for escape velocity. Um, there's a there's a funny symmetry in the equations um, that makes um, mass kind of drop out in certain circumstances. Right. So it's not a as huge a problem as as you might imagine. Okay. Um, I do want to point out, by the way, the geek cred that I think I just stepped in that does take me back to high school where we're talking about girls dancing and you're throwing each other around in the air. And I was focused on the equations. So um, just wanna... Well, that's right. But, you know, and that's um, that's our heteronormative moment for for the week. Um, well, I was just saying uh, that's how it was in high school with us. That's so how it was in high school yeah, for, as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So uh-huh. um, you... This game, so the basketball game, they got to be small. They want to be, oh, so you're saying it doesn't really matter whether they're massive or not. Right. They have um, to just work on it. Uh, the ball itself is probably very, very massive. In fact, we should be talking about not weight so much as mass. As mass, that's right. So this is an important distinction that, uh, you would notice more on a small planet than we notice here. Mm-hmm. So when we say mass, we're talking about the amount of stuff, like the number of atoms in your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more mass you have, the harder you are to move around in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that mm-hmm. is what mass is literally a measure of. Right. And then weight is a measure of how strongly gravity is pulling pulling on your mass in some given circumstance. Right. Right. So we usually say things like you would weigh less on the moon because the moon has less matter there pulling you down. Right. But even in a circumstance where there's no gravity pulling on you, you're in deep space or free fall or something like that. um, You're still hard to move because you have mass. Right. Your stubbornness goes with you. (laughs) It is eternal. That's right. It is eternal. And so um, uh, that means that this mini Earth itself is in danger of being pulled away by anything substantially larger that comes to close. Um, that's right. So this is actually a, a significant issue. Is it's going to be hard to stay in its orbit 
um, because Jupiter, even though Jupiter is very far away, right. um, will tug on us a little bit and, and Saturn will tug on us a little bit. Um, and we're going to get, um, probably tugged out of our orbit at some point. The, the question is exactly when, yeah. um, and probably over long periods of time, we would join what are called the Trojan asteroids. Oh. Um, so there's these, uh, uh there are these, um, let's see how to describe this. There are places in the solar system where the gravity of this, of all the different planets kind of level out, ah. um, and stuff tends to accumulate there, um, because the gravity is, the gravitational tugs are sort of equal from all directions. Um, so these are called the Trojan points and there's a, a set of them that trails along behind Jupiter and a set that trails ahead of Jupiter. Um, huh. so if you kind of visualize in your head, um, you've got the Jupiter going around the sun and then there's sort of a parallelogram, um, where Jupiter and the sun are two points. And then the other two points of the parallelogram are these Trojan asteroids that, that, that kind of tag along with Jupiter as so it orbits. It's like the garbage pile in the ocean. It is exactly <laughs> like the garbage pile in the ocean. So I should say, uh, similarly, yeah. um, garbage builds up in particular places in the ocean, not by accident, but because that's where the ocean currents draw stuff, right? So it accumulates yeah. in, in, in specific places. So this is the gravitational equivalent of the garbage dump. Interesting. I yeah. never thought about, it's, it's a loose analogy, of course, but I yep. never thought of gravity as sort of a current. Yeah, that's right. So loose analogy, I want to stress is, is, is the, the right way. Yeah, to, to but it's a pull. This. But it's, it's the same kind of problem is that yeah. stuff in loose stuff in nature seeks what we call the, the lowest potential energy. It's sort of the laziest place it can get to. Right. So this is why water flows down um, and why crud in the solar system ends up at these Trojan points, um, because those are the, the lowest energy systems um, and why we end up in front of Netflix on a Friday night. It's the lowest energy state we can find. So uh, this being the case then, and humans being humans, now we're, we are, we're admittedly putting aside the fact that only a few people can fit on this. Yep, that's right. <laughs> okay. So, but Especially that, if we want our personal privacy standard. Right. right, and if we made, if we just said, well, let's scale the people way down. Um, that wouldn't, that just doesn't help thought experiment any, because basically you're just reversing the thought experiment and you wind up where we were. Where we were in the first place. Yeah. Um, cause if we were super, just to be clear, if we were super, super tiny on this, what we're calling tiny ball of rock, mm -hmm. it's gravity again would be very large because we would be so small. Um, that's right. For our muscles. To our own selves. Yeah. Um, so let's see if. Um, I want to calculate how far away the horizon would be ah. on our tiny little planet. And I don't have the equation memorized, so I'm hoping somebody has put together a, a nice online system for right. this. And while you do that, I will say what I was going to say is uh, humans being humans, they're very messy. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this little mini Earth is surrounded by garbage that has been accidentally or even intentionally lifted into space 
Um, yeah, that's right. So there's going to be a cloud of nearby asteroids um, that we're all hanging out on together, which I should say is actually kind of the setting of The Little Prince, which is ah. all, there are all these little planets kind of vaguely close together and he goes and visits uh, one to the next. Right. Um, now, I was being less generous. Really, what I'm talking about is that there's a cloud of cups and napkins and just Oh Trash. yeah, that's a garb actual garbage. Yes, yeah. that's the only truth. All right. Unfortunately, I don't have the um, the the calculation for a different sized planet uh, at the moment. All right. But there's some horizon distance. So, like your horizon, our horizon distance, if you're like six feet tall, um, is a few miles. Right. Is that's that's how far you can see on the surface of the Earth. Mm. Um, so scaling down to a smaller planet. Um, the horizon is smaller because now our planet isn't even three miles wide. Right. Right. Um, uh, so we can see, we can see further around the, the curve of the earth. So the, the population of the earth, if we want to have privacy is probably on the order of a dozen people. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's the dirty dozen. Yeah, that's right. So, but fortunately it's easy to go to another, uh, tiny planetoid, um, you just jump off, right? You just aim and jump off to the next planet. And then that one can be yours. Um, until the little prince comes to visit and you're like, ah, oh, fine. <laughs> I gotta go to another planet now. Or Daffy Duck. Uh, yep. now what is Daffy Duck in, in, is he, <laughs> there's cartoons, there's famous cartoons where he goes into space. And, uh, boy, memory is not good today. Uh, <laughs> in the 24th century, right? Uh, Daffy Duck in the 20th. Um, so, uh, it's a pig pen planet surrounded by garbage mm -hmm. because when you go, think of how many times you toss, you, you go to toss something into the trash can and you miss. That's right. Now that piece of garbage, that, that, that big Mac wrapper yeah. that you just tried to throw into the garbage actually spins off into orbit <laughs> yeah. around your planet now. Yeah. Um, and of course, all the other people on the planet have done the same sort of thing. So there's a steady, steadily growing cloud of Big Mac wrappers um, uh, around your little planetoid. Right. And if you think 12 people can't make that much of a mess, well, you haven't been to a school Brooklyn. Yeah, right. or Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, um, so, yeah, it's actually interesting. You mentioned about, about the horizon, by the way, being closer, because I remember that the astronauts who went to the moon, that was often one of the things I mentioned the most was how close That's the right. horizon was being unsettling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, to walk around this planet would take only a few minutes. It sounds like. That's right. What did we decide? It was 300 feet. Um, uh, yeah. So that's like a hundred steps, hundred steps to go all the way around. So the people on this planet automatically know their earth is round. They can dispense with that whole flat earth thing. Yep, that's right. You can sorry, the curvature of our tiny Earth is immediately visible, um, and you can just like put down. You can just nail down one end of um, your tape measure, and yeah. just drag it out around to the other side, and you can just directly measure the size of the Earth right. without any trouble. Right, ignoring the fact that manufacturing anything, let alone tape measure, on this planet is going to be difficult. So the resources available mm -hmm. on this planet are not good the um if they were using fossil fuels first of all you would get no fossil fuels no. right because um uh fossil fuels form from intense pressures inside the earth uh -huh. caused by the intense gravity 
of the earth. Right. right? Um, so with gravity this light, there's never going to be enough pressure to turn um, those dead dinosaurs uh, into oil. Um, and in fact, you'd probably just chuck the dinosaur corpses off the off the surface of the earth, right? Because they would That's just right. get in the way. So you just fling them away. Right. So in fact, forget digging for, for dinosaur bones. They would just be dinosaur carcasses floating around this planet as well. <laughs> because the dinosaurs would not have lasted long because they would have in, you know, in one meal, they probably could have eaten each other. Um, it would be a short Jurassic period. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jurassic, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should say in, in general, like the biomass available on this little planet uh, is really small. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're never going to have a big enough civilization uh, to do anything interesting. So you're probably not going to get beyond pond scum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or rebel scum. For the first, <laughs> the first pond that rebels against the other pond. Um, now, uh, what's interesting is the fact that there are these enormous monkey-like creatures on this planet uh, means that these, that, it, that we would be the dinosaurs in a way. We are the freakishly gigantic creatures that did evolve for whatever reason on this on this planet and um we would then start to the coolest thing i think about having this small thing is that you could we could build outwards right so um Mm -hmm. if if we wanted fixed structures we could just start building outwards we could connect all these if if there was this cloud of other asteroids we could start building uh yeah that might be a good plan actually is to lay down sort of zip lines from planet to planet um, and then you could, cause the gravity is so weak, you could just pull yourself along. So the rope is just there to sort of keep yourself from drifting off. Um, and I'd like to imagine that, um, you know, after a generation or two, we've linked up probably thousands of these asteroids together yeah. and we've got this big sort of, I don't know, string of pearls, um, network of pearls, uh, that you, um, just pull yourself from place to place on. That'd be kind of fun. That's right. And in fact, astronauts really should be on the lookout for that invisible fishing line. You know, if there's one of these structures flying through the solar system, Mm -hmm. but the asteroids are so far away, we can't, I mean, this is like insane. What the if, but, uh, you know, you might get hooked by one of these, uh, these lines coming through. Yeah. That would be kind of embarrassing. Watch out. It's like, you know, power lines. If if you're in a helicopter, you got to watch out for the power lines. Mm -hmm. So, um, that would make quite a civilization actually. I mean, there's a whole lot. Interesting one actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And actually one thing I should say that we've been ignoring is that one of the nice things that our earth's gravity does is it keeps our atmosphere in place. Oh yeah. Um, so, for instance, one of the reasons that Mars has a very thin atmosphere is ah. that Mars is just enough smaller than us that its gravity is significantly weaker. Ah. So individual atoms of like oxygen can just zip off into space. There is not enough gravity to hold it there. Um, and that's a bummer. Right. So in the past, like a billion years ago, uh, Mars might have had a much thicker atmosphere because the, the atmosphere had just not had time to escape yet. Uh, but as you wait, um, the the air will just drift away. Um, so that's a problem for our small planet. Right. And that's why when we do see asteroids, they tend to be just barren. Yep, that's right. Rocks. Even if they had an atmosphere at one point, they can't hold on to it for very long. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, whoever these human-like creatures are living on this tiny planet, they are insanely ingenious. 
They would have to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause they're, they've got to be breathing out of oxygen tanks and figure out some way to, to refill those on a regular basis. Well, this is why they would eventually invade that larger blue planet nearby. Uh, for our air and Big Mac. Just take it. Yeah. Right? So we may yeah, have come from a, one of those little asteroids. Who knows? We, we are the result of alien invaders. Yeah. Yeah. I see. yeah. The prince, like princes of today, renounced his royal heritage and uh, went into business as a colonizer and took over the earth. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, how. Yeah. And I should say, actually, that the um, there are important themes of imperialism in the little prince as well it's it's a very huh? sweet book um but the 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 colonization themes are strong and there um and the author whose name i can no longer pronounce correctly because i haven't studied french for 20 years but antoine saint exasperi or something like that um was himself a, a pilot during world war ii and actually crash landed in the middle of the sahara at one point so there's this sense in which the the little prince is this kind of exploration um, of uh, what it would be like that if he had crash landed on a different planet instead of in the middle of the Sahara. So it's deeply informed by his experiences as a pilot. It's really a, it's really a lovely little book. If you haven't read it, you should go oh, read it. Oh, that's great. So you don't just learn science here. You get literary recommendations. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's wonderful. Um, well, this is great. And, and I, I what I love about this idea is it's so outrageous. There are millions of things we have yet to even account for, as well as errors, you know, just like absurdities that we haven't accounted for here. So those of you listening, really, this shouldn't be too hard, and it sh and I think it would be super fun. Jot down just one, two, whatever. Come up with some ideas. When you start thinking about this, what what? how do you take the thought experiment forward? How do, what do you visualize? And you can email those to us at feedback at whattheif.com, or you can go to our website, whattheif.com, and uh, find all our previous uh, episodes. And uh, thanks to our new, uh, incredible, hardworking staff, um, including Ilya Zhang, we have awesome show notes coming, slow, kind of slowly working their way uh, into the website. And those are super fun. And I encourage you to go to the website and check those out. And you can learn a lot more. And I look forward to seeing what uh, Ilya comes with. <laughs> with for yeah, this. It's very exciting stuff. Yeah. So if you want to know more about the crazy things we talk about, um, now you can do that. Go through, follow the links, dive into more details. Absolutely. And you can always click contact there on the website and send us thoughts. You can find us on Twitter also at What The If Show. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Howard Zhang, who's another one of our fantastic um, helpers on this program, who also connected us with the uh, Philosophers Forum, which was so awesome. And a shout out to Kyle Crichton for helping us uh, with our audio and our artwork. The What The If team is enormous and growing. And if you're listening, you are also a member. You are an ifer. And as an ifer, you're entitled to 10% discount from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, who are just fans of our show. If you go to philosophersguild.com, you can find finger puppets and all these other things. And you can use the coupon code WTIF. You get 10% off anything in the store. And join us. If you've listened before, you know the ritual. If you're new, here it comes. What we do is at the end, as we ponder all the ifs that are coming our way, the multitude, large and small, the garbage, the garbage pile of ifs <laughs> coming towards our, coming towards us through the currents of of uh, intellectualism, make us scream the name of the show, which is what the if very slowly, and here we go, here we go, join us. 
What the... See you next week.